I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. Mr. Dustin Ross, how was your Pride weekend? Happy Pride. It's still Pride up in this bitch. How you doing? <laughs> you know, it's always going to be Pride around here. And it's so funny because the word Pride has five letters, right? And mm-hmm. my fist has five fingers in it. So Pride for me is the willingness to knock somebody the fuck out in the name of Pride. I, just want I heard to that. Did you, that. Did you have to get scrappy this weekend? I didn't have to get scrappy this weekend, but I just okay. felt the... the, the I felt it in the air. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. I, I was, as I was walking through the city on Sunday, because I was actually in the fetal position on Friday and Saturday due to a stomach bug, which what the hell is a stomach bug? We never Something really we get when out. we get old. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You know, just ginger ale crackers and the price is right. But anyway. And some Campbell's soup. Don't forget that. that you know, it's Campbell's soup. And it got to be Campbell's. Don't and it's got to no be Campbell's. Don't, no progress- <laughs> don't you do it. There better not be no Amy's. That's the shit. I don't want None. no Amy's. Campbell's mm-hmm. soup. Campbell's. Anyway, anyway, I say all that to say <laughs> that uh, I had a great time on Sunday celebrating Pride with um, a dear friend of mine, Frank Watson. Uh, he's an mm. event planner here in uh, New York, and he threw an incredible party at the DL. Which what a fun yeah. you know play on words that the club was yeah. called mm-hmm. the DL. But I anyway, the, but, y- but it's out. I get it. It's so great. Okay, and the but. shit was off the hook to say to sum it all up. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Um, I had a really fun pride celebration a little earlier in the week. Thursday, I was able to go out east. Uh, yes. And yes, my my girl Stacy, who uh, is the owner and visionary of Alice and Olivia clothing love line, it. which I love. love. I know yes. I've been wearing her line since I was in law school, actually. And, and Stacy's a new friend of mine. And so she invited me as one of her guests uh, with several other folks to a pride prom, which so ended cool. up, Dustin, it was the time of my life. So freaking fun. Um, it worked out though since you didn't even feel well, so yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, but you yeah. know, if she does it again, which I'm definitely telling her this needs to be annual, you'll have to come with me to Pride Pride. Oh, and you know, year. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. And you look beautiful in that orange dress. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, when um I saw that on the rack, it just had you know, I was getting my Bollywood sorry fantasy on with that. Uh-huh. Look. Of uh-huh. course. Mm-hmm. And it looked look, nailed it. Understood. <laughs> I, I, I tried to interpret the assignment. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, so it was fun. So it was a great, beautiful Pride weekend. I was out uh, Sunday as well having brunch with um, a girlfriend of mine and, you know, just ran up on a beautiful table full of black lesbians that really appreciate my work on Roni. And, okay. you know, it was just really, it was just a beautiful day. You know, yes. everybody was just feeling the love. So. Yes, that's good. Yeah, it was beautiful. Did you catch any of the um, BET Awards that aired last night? Um, I didn't catch any of it last night. Early this morning, I saw clips from uh, like the City Girls performance, Little Nas X's performance, mm-hmm. um, and the Migos and Cardi B. I saw those three performances, uh, but I did not, unfortunately, catch the awards show just yet. No. What did you think? Because I saw none of it. Okay. okay. Full disclosure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the only thing I've seen um, is, of course, Cardi's wonderful announcement that she's yeah. having Baby Namo Dos, um, and yes. she looks beautiful, of course. But no, I haven't seen any of the performances. What did you think? Anybody stand out to you? 
Um, the City Girls, uh, who everybody knows, they're the new rap darlings of the moment. But mm-hmm. they actually infused a lot of choreography in their performance, and it made for a very interesting watch. I love their music, so I would love to see uh, your thoughts on the performance when you okay, see that. Okay, right. I, I picked up a, a little bit of really beautifully <laughs> veiled shade, so I'm definitely going to. But not for nothing, that JT girl is gorgeous. She's um, absolutely like, she stunning. She is stunning. She's stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Like, she, yes. she'll make you drop your phone. You know, seriously, that's a gorgeous young lady. Um, uh, we're on our docket here today so far. We're or our intro docket. We're supposed to be talking about Bow Wow and Soldier Boy's potential versus. I don't care anything about it. Yeah, I don't care anything about it. What do you think? Well, I actually caught um, some of it because again, oh wait, did it happen? Yeah, it actually already happened. Oh Lord, y'all, I'm so ashamed. I thought it was still in conversation. Okay, no, no, but but that that is uh, so metaphorical but uh actually the verses was interesting because soldier boy's antics make for an interesting watch they do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bow wow and his patients are both short so he was very uh you know just testy the entire time but soldier mm-hmm. boys is just a clown and watching him is literally entertaining who so, won like musically Bow Wow, come on. Wow, like, okay. you know, okay. uh, Soldier Boy's arms is too short to box with God in this case. Right. But I mean, because Bow Wow's catalog, I mean, when you have a catalog so that goes lengthy. back to when you yeah. were three, exactly, you know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Rapping. Wasn't he singing the Flintstones kids right. commercial? Wasn't he one of them? A million strong and growing. Wasn't that one of them? I used to hate those little nasty vitamins. <laughs> but yes, um, all right. So about, congratulations to you, Bow Wow. Um, yeah. Now, this is not on our list of things to talk about. But, you know, one of the only little pieces of shade I get around our show, D, in the streets mm-hmm. is, you know, they're like, I just wish sometimes y'all would fight and debate each other. I'm like, well, I can't help that we both have good sense, you know. Exactly. Um, but I do think we're going to be on different sides of this issue. Okay. Let's talk about Monique. Um, Monique put... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You already know where I'm going. So Monique is still in deep in this bonnet controversy. Okay. Now I saw this morning as I was perusing my coffee and Mm -hmm. and internet reads that this woman actually now has gone as far as to post a photo Mm -hmm. that was supposedly sent to her. Basically y'all Google it and it will hopefully it's deleted by the time y'all get this. um, Well, if it is, you uh, can go to my Twitter page because I definitely reposted it. Look at Dustin on Twitter. There you go. Yeah. Look at Dustin on Twitter. Exactly. So you saw it that she's literally, you know, this woman is dressed, you know, barely dressed. The one, you can't see the woman's face, but we don't know. This is a real person, right? We don't know who this woman is. Somebody took the picture, sent it to Monique with the, you know, subtext of, See, this is what you're talking about, Monique. Of course, let's back up. Monique had come out and made an Instagram Live saying that she felt young black women were showing up in airports and gas stations and publicly in bonnets, specifically bonnets, pajamas, and she finds it unacceptable. Yeah, She finds it unacceptable and she finds it not becoming of the queens that we are. Now, let's start there and then we'll get to the new tea. Now, I know you do not feel this on any level tell me why here's the thing for me the message and the messenger just are not in alignment in this case Mm. if someone else were to make the case for presentation being a priority and for image and reputation and and for the the way that people receive you based on what you present to them Mm -hmm. to be a priority in our lives maybe i would have been more receptive to that message from someone else 
not someone who has made a career as of late of being a contrarian for the sake of not someone else who has who has delivered that message with gray braids okay and a goddamn house coat on telling me something about my bonnet another thing we travel we travel for our work yes we have places to go the airport is not, we're not excited and thankful. And we are grateful. I, I take that back. We are grateful for, for being able to travel and, you know, having access to those resources. But we're not kissing the white people's ass mm-hmm. and putting on three-piece suits and, and ball gowns to go to the airport. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, Moni, I'm just, I'm not with Monique on this one. I hear sorry. you. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. All of those points make sense. Now, I'm going to take a different position and I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Number one, obviously, I agree with what Monique is talking about. I wrote a whole goddamn book called Pretty Powerful, yeah. Appearance, Substance, and Success. And I believe in um, the communication of messaging through attire in whatever space you want to occupy. Right? I agree. So I believe in that. Now, where I deviate from, I think, a, what I feel to be a presumption, right? So a lot of people are saying, hey, this is Monique. Um giving peak respectability politics, right? Mm-hmm. Peak um, chastising black women around a white gaze requirement of mm-hmm. looking a particular way. I'm not getting that from Monique necessarily. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is what she's saying. Shit, I don't know Monique, but I will tell you not for nothing. I have some bias here. So let me go ahead and tell the full story. Okay. I tend to be team Monique on most things. Okay. I, 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 I know, hot take. Now, back to this. I don't think that the, the notion that we need to look a particular way or be our you know, most excellent versions of ourselves aesthetically is rooted in white gaze. I, I don't subscribe to that. I know when I walk out my door, it is not because of what white people will think about me if I do so otherwise, right? I it's agree be- with that. Right? It's because, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful woman in, in the sky with God named Katie Nell Williams, right? Who raised me to believe you are a representative of this family every single time you take your black ass out this door. And as yep. such, I require you to exemplify that in everything that you do. So when I have that sense of aesthetic excellence, D, it's, I don't give a fuck about what these, these white people are going to think what they want to think about us anyway. Clearly, we know that, okay? I mean, isn't um, that like a, a, a automatic, it, I thought that was a given. You know what I mean? That right. that what you just broke down mm-hmm. and the reasons, the reasons why you take pride in your appearance, mm-hmm. I literally, I, it's just a moot point to me. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. Monique to reiterate I that. I thought that, I, we all were, I thought that we all understood that. You know what I'm I mean? Gonna, I think that's our auntie and uncle status. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I think a lot of things that were told to you, D, and told to me and our generation like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, you are a representative of this house. You better not walk out of here with no crazy look. Or yeah. you have to work twice as hard to have as much. I don't think these these 30-year-old mothers and fathers are, are, okay. are out here going there. I don't. Okay. I actually don't. Now I could be wrong. And some are. Let me say that. Some are. Mm-hmm. But I don't think. Some of these, like you said, cultural like 
obvious norms that yeah. we were all raised with, I don't know that they're being perpetuated in the next generation. And I do think that's some of the reason why some folks are out here looking crazy. Now, if you want to go run to the airport, if you need to run to the convenience store and you need to, you know, have your, your um, double strand twist is still setting and all of that, I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's definitely hats, there's wigs, there's several things that you can, um, beautiful scarves, that you can tie just just to I'm dead ass dead ass okay um to preserve your situation but True. just you know I do th- I personally when I see it it's not because oh no I'm cringing because I wonder what these white folks are getting on the plane I'm thinking about I don't give a fuck what these white people are thinking trust me I show up in a full Burberry cape and they still mad so fuck yeah. that yeah. right that I don't give a fuck about that I'm talking about my sister my sister I know that is not necessarily the most accurate reflection of, of, of all your beauty, all your grace, and all your excellence. That's but all. you want me to tell you the difference, Ebony, between you and Monique? Yes, sir. You, you are not going to project those thoughts, those opinions, those feelings on anyone else. What you right. did was oh, no, that's true. you wrote a fucking book about it and, mm-hmm. and, and created a resource for people to use yes. mm-hmm. you know, that needed it, whereas Monique got on the got on Instagram in a gray cotton house coat with no bra <laughs> and gray braids to the back. <laughs> and used the excuse that she was at home when the video went so far beyond the confines of her home. This is true. Now this is a very good point you're making. And yeah. that was so contradictory to the very message that she was delivering. this is true. I can't argue with that. So now that's that, that's, that, like, that's the yeah, difference. You I get what you. I'm saying? I do. That, I do. That's the difference. So I do, and and I was, and for the cherry on this uh, analysis, the posting of the anonymous woman, a step too far, completely a step too inappropriate. far, inappropriate. You shaming this woman? That's somebody's child, mother, wife, friend. No, ma'am. Mind you, the no, woman ma'am. was traveling. You don't know how how fast she had to get away from wherever she was this going to get to where she was headed. That woman could have been in distress. She could, she could have been, have been in a violent situation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, Monique, mm-hmm. why are you talking shit? And that's the thing about it. Like Monique needs to be quiet. She has a lot. She has so many more pressing concerns to mm-hmm. address than a bitch in a bonnet at the airport. It's just that simple for me. And I love Monique. I've always loved Monique and always will. She is a she is a a, a, a gifted artist. So gifted. like insanely talented. Gifted. Um, yeah, but you know, you, you we'll we'll pick this up later because I think it's worth unpacking further how someone so talented and so just truly gifted um has been limited. Seen, you know, it seems that the career has limitations that are heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she has no doubt, no doubt contributed to those limitations. And we'll pick this up because I'm interested in it. Me it's, too. It's, it's deep. It's deep. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. Of course, we got to pay a couple bills, but we are going to come back. Stick with us for more Holding Court after this. All right, y'all, let's go ahead and go to our docket for the day. We really are just going to do two big stories because they're both so important and impactful. And I wanted to really give us the runway to unpack them properly. So first up, of course, we saw, and they always do this, right, Dustin? They're going to drop this you know, extremely globally breaking news at like right. five o'clock on Friday. Right. <laughs> so that it gets buried, you know, in the weekend news cycle. But we ain't forget about the shit. Finally, finally, finally. Derek Chauvin, the cop that murdered brother George Floyd a little over a year ago, got his That's sentence. Right. 
got his sentence. Now, we knew he was found guilty a little over a month ago. We had to wait a month, D, to get this sentence. Yeah. The sentence is 22 and a half years. 22 and a half years. Now, we'll break down some of these factoids, but I just want to start with when you heard that sentence, what was your reaction? 22 and a half years. Um, I was, I was, I really don't even know how to articulate my reaction because while I was happy that he was convicted and sentenced, mm-hmm. um, of course, I was wishing for the maximum you know, amount of time available. He got mm-hmm. 22.5, but I felt like it was a win. In the mm-hmm. end, I felt mm-hmm. like it was a win. So I guess I walked away away from it um, with a majority with a majority positive reaction. Same, same, same. Yeah. And I, I say same both emotionally as just a, a, a human right. and a black woman at that. And then I also say same as an attorney. Right. OK. Because of this is the deal. I said we said I said we said when the sentencing, excuse me, when the verdict came down. On Derek mm-hmm. Chauvin. I said, anything less than 15 years tells me this is some bullshit, right? I just went yes. ahead and put that yeah. line in the sand back then, okay? So to see 22 and a half years obviously clears that minimum threshold to say that they took this conviction seriously. Okay. Okay. That's what part one. Part two, you talked about it, D. You talked about what the maximum was. So there was um, a maximum that was asked for by the prosecutors of 30 years. Mm-hmm. And we remember brother Keith Ellison, who ended up being the lead prosecutor on the case. He's the attorney general of Minneapolis, um, excuse me, uh, Minnesota. And uh, by the way, that's why voting matters, because he, he, a different AG, <laughs> we looking at your black ass, Daniel Cameron, would have right. had a completely different outcome. So Keith Ellison in the sentencing phase after Chauvin's ass was convicted asked for five aggravating factors to be considered so that the judge could sentence the maximum, and, and in their case, the 30 years that they wanted. Okay. Compare that to the other side of the legal coin, which is, of course, Chauvin's defense lawyers, and what did they ask for? These motherfuckers had the audacity to ask for probation. And time served, right? And time served. I <laughs> we mean, got to laugh. We have to laugh. You know, not I for nothing. Even, not for nothing. I can't even be mad at his defense team. They said, fuck it. You know, fuck. we just going to wild out. Let's roll um, the dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what the judge decided to do, it's, to me, uh, legally consistent is how I'll frame it. So, Dustin, Judge Cahill, basically, he decided to use two out of the five aggravating factors that A.G. Keith Ellison laid out. And these were the two that the judge picked up on. Okay. Judge said that Chauvin has to do a little more than 22 years because he did two things. He acted with a particular cruelty, okay? Yes. So yes, particular cruelty by putting your damn knee on somebody's neck for fucking damn near 10 minutes. Yes. And number two, what he did was that he abused his authority as an officer of the law. I think this one is, 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 is as important as anyone because it finally says what the law should be saying, which is that we hold officers not to a lower standard, but a higher one, Mm -hmm. a higher one, Dustin. This is this judge saying, as a law enforcement officer, you are even more positioned to show a level of respect of authority in the role of an an officer. Your Mm -hmm. failure to do so aggravates this murder. It aggravates this murder. It doesn't mitigate it. It aggravates it. Very important. So because of those two things, the judge um, ultimately sentenced to the 22.5 years. Prosecutors asked for 30. Legally, I'm good with it. 
Okay. Legally, I'm good with it. Do I, do I love it? No, I don't love it. We, what I would love, as would you, uh, is Brother George Floyd to be here with us. That's so right. So anything short of that, we have to be clear, um, is is not justice as much as it, as as much as it is a uh, token representation of some kind of um, accountability. Yes. Yeah. That's all it is. But I prefer 22.5 years of accountability to five. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and Chauvin is just such a piece of shit, right? Like we watch mm-hmm. <laughs> normally, I'm going to tell you, normally at, at this phase in the process, even the most hardened criminals, um, the most ruthless murderers kind of recognize the gig is up. <laughs> yeah. I've been convicted. I've been sentenced to a hefty penal uh, sister, uh, sentence, and now I can just go ahead and tell a little bit of truth, which is what I did was hor- horrible. I'm, I'm very deeply, deeply sorry to the family, um, yeah. and even so sometimes offer remorse. you why they did it. Yeah, because <laughs> now they really don't have much else to lose. This real piece of shit known as Derek Chauvin, resistant until the end, mm-hmm. defiant until the end, all mm-hmm. he offered this family was that he really couldn't speak because of, quote, additional legal matters at hand. Which uh, I don't know what he thinks those are. I don't know what his legal team is telling him by way of appeal. Right. The brother, please. Okay. Um, and then went on to say, but very briefly, though, and he made sure to put that briefly in there because I'm not going to give you, you black folks too much time and energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, I, he could have kept it. He could have yeah. kept the whole thing. That's revolting for me, like hearing that. It just, it literally makes me even more angry. And speaking of ain't shit, his mammy, uh, Carolyn Parlenti, I believe was her last name. Oh, his uh, ugly yeah. ass mama. Uh, yeah. Looking just like him with that twisted ass mouth, looked like somebody had a strap on one side of her mouth, pulling it to the back. But she had the nerve to get her old dry rotted ass up there uh, and say that her son was honorable and selfless. And that she was not going to be able to see him and all this other shit. I just, him and her, two peas in a white pod. And I just, I I, I have never, like like my friend DeRay McKesson says, watch mm. whiteness work. Watch mm. whiteness work. Um, mm. I, literally, seeing that was just fascinating. I mm. couldn't believe she had the gumption to sit up there and say what she said. But then again, her son, she, she shot the apples, a murderer the, right. out of her. So out of her, go. out of her, poom, poom. Right. right. So, um, a, the apple has not fallen anywhere from the tree in this case. And, and even more egregious than those things she said, Dustin, I'm gonna tell you what really fucked me up was when this woman pleaded with the judge in the court to, to, to give mercy on her son under this argument. Hmm. When you sentence him, you will be sentencing me. That yeah. was her plea, right? And I wanted, to, and I really wish I was on that bench <laughs> in <laughs> Ooh, place Ebony. of the judge. <laughs> oh, Ebony. Because I would have had to say, ma'am, I will consider that. But only if, if and only if you concede that when your son murdered George Floyd, you were murdering George Floyd too. Because that's the right. only way that makes that's sense. Right. That's right? right. If you want, if you want me to align you with this sentence, yep. ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> bitch I have bitch. to align you with this murder yeah. so if you want to take on the accountability of, of the murder that your son uh, implemented then that's when we can sentence y'all together now get the fuck out of my court get out case dismissed that's right case dismissed um all right all right um you said something that I really found fascinating and you accredited to brother D right that's important 
watch whiteness work. And I want to implore everybody this week to make sure you watch this week's episode of Real Housewives of New York. Mm. By the time y'all get this, it it just aired the night before, Tuesdays, 9 o'clock at Bravo. Y'all know the deal. We live in a modern era. Hulu, BravoTV.com, DVR, On Demand. Find the fucking episode. Watch it. It will be a fascinating display of whiteness at work. But what you also going to catch is a full throttle dose of black excellence at work. How about that? Check it out. Looking forward to it. Check it out. Check it out. Um, All right, listen, y'all. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get to uh, the thing that, Dustin, I know people have been begging you to unpack. I know I've been waiting with bated breath to unpack it. But I really wanted to to let the facts fall so we can do the most thorough job. Yes, it is time to pick up the Free Britney movement. There are massive updates on what's going on with Britney and this bullshit-ass conservatorship, which is turned into a legal extortion. I'll say it again. It's turned into a legal extortion. Okay? And when we come back from break, we're going to break it all down. Much more holding court after this. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Holding Court. Dustin, I've been waiting to talk to you about this. This is just... Woo! So fucked up what's going on yes. with um, the good sis Britney Spears. Now, for those of you that have not been following what's going on with Britney in this conservatorship in great detail, I implore you right now to go back to our sidebar episode of Holding Court. Uh, it's in the archives of our episodes where we initially break down everything that's happened up until this point. Now, we know it starts with 2008. Britney is put into this conservatorship at the urging of her father, Jamie Spears. Jamie Spears, right? That was his mm-hmm. name. Yeah, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Spears. Yeah, Jamie Spears, um, saying that he felt there was jeopardy around Britney's ability to control both her own person. Okay, because that, and that's important. What I'm talking about here doesn't because conservatorship can be one of two things: it can control the person or the estate. Mm-hmm. In Britney's case, it has controlled both. Okay, since it started in 2008, so this is a control of her person, meaning her medical. Uh, advice, her medical, yeah. um, uh, pharmaceutical intake, everything around this woman's body and person, um, mental health, psychology, all of that under control of the father. Also the estate. So this is where the $60 million uh, financial assets and estate of Britney Spears also falling under the control of this man. Now, very recently, the court did at least, at least, Dustin, add the um, an independent financial firm to help also control the estate part because Jamie Spears, last I checked, you're not a financial advisor. Get the hell on. Right. This is just really heartbreaking because what happened just this past week, a few days ago, we finally, for the first time ever, ever, ever have heard from Brittany directly. She chose to speak to the court D for 23 minutes uh, because she felt that she really had not been heard in this whole process, specifically the previous hearing. Um, so she specifically asked her lawyers to ask the judge, Judge P- Brenda Penny, okay, to hear from her directly. And she did so by phone. And some of the things that she said, I mean, my God, just heartbreaking. I mean, this woman went into great detail um, talking about how she cannot even take out an IUD. I think that was the most shocking thing that most people took from the 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 conversation that Brittany ended up having. This woman wants to be married again. She wants to have another child. Um, I think she even specifically said she'd love to have a baby girl. 
And that she's not even allowed to pursue those paths of family because the conservatorship run by her fucking dad um, will not allow this woman to extract an IUD. Now we, and 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 that of course we know is a form of birth control, and right. they're, you know, it's really a forced sterilization of this woman. I mean, we need to really call a thing a thing. That's what it is, Ebony. Because that's what it is, um, and it's also so obvious as to why they don't give a damn. Her father doesn't give a damn about her having another kid. What they are trying to avoid is this woman getting married and having financial. Um, fiduciary in the husband who now would then also have control, um, shared control and input around the finances of this, uh, empire, which, which is Britney Spears mm-hmm. and a third child would also take out, this is just money coming out of Jamie Spears's pocket. Let's yeah. just call it a, th- a yeah. thing, a thing. That's what that, that's what he is concerned about. He don't want no husband. He don't want no new baby. He doesn't want anything that jeopardizes his cut, his enormous cut off of his daughter's livelihood. And that's what that's the only thing this is about. That's the only thing it's about. And that's why I call it legal extortion. Yeah. And that's what it is. So legally, um, you know, all of our hearts break. Everybody, you know, for the most part is completely outraged and team free Britney. But this is what I want people to take from this, Dustin, because it is really um, such a perfect example as to why I started this show. Holding court is such mm-hmm. a perfect example of why these what what seem like these just far out, unapproachable, unrelatable celebrity justice headlines have such deep impact and connection to every single one of us in our everyday lives. This is a perfect example. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm give it to you right now. Mm-hmm. One of the things Brittany says, and I'm quoting her, and this is to the court. She says, "Your Honor, it's embarrassing and demoralizing what I've been through." And that's the main reason I didn't say it openly. Britney goes on to say, I didn't think anybody would believe me. And then Britney Spears, the international pop icon, Britney Spears, says this. She said that she had been previously unaware that she could petition to end the arrangement. She says, I'm sorry for my ignorance, but I didn't know that. So if there's a why, end quote, Dustin Ross, if there's a singular why as to why I do this show and why I so love doing it with you each and every week, this is why. Because people don't fucking know. Yeah. And if Britney Spears with her, this this is a young lady who has been worldwide famous since 15 years old. Mm -hmm. This is a young lady who has every resource in the world, every lawyer, every accountant, every professional, um, access point available to her and she didn't know who among us feels empowered to know that's it so this is what i want everybody to take from it i want them to understand never ever 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 enter 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 into any agreement and make it let me be clear when britney um was at the early stages of entering into this conservatorship back in 2008, to an extent there was consensual agreement. There was an agreement on her part to allow her father to be that conservator. Okay. Mm -hmm. So whether she felt the framework presented itself that way, I'm sure she did not, but trust me, legally it did. There was a point of consensual entering into this agreement. You know, another way people do it every day, Dustin, when they get married. Yeah. 
Okay. You know, another way people do it every day when they take on their employment, yeah. people, we, we are entering into agreement every day, y'all. And the, the most important thing you need to know is two things you need to know when you enter into any agreement. Number one, how long is the duration? How long is the duration of this agreement? How long am I tied to these terms? And number two, and I cannot stress it enough, how the fuck do I get out of this agreement when I'm good and ready? That's right. You got to know that. Wow. And I'm slowing down here because it's so important. And I can't tell you personally how many um, thousands of dollars I've lost because I didn't know number two or number yeah. one. Yeah. So I ended up having to literally pay the cost of not knowing. Britney Spears is paying the cost of not knowing. Folks every day in divorce court paying the cost okay. of not knowing. And so I don't know, Dustin, if that resonates with you as personally as it does with me, but there's so many times I didn't know. And if I'd known, I could have moved differently. You yeah, know? you know, the the you know the the old saying, you know, if you knew better, you do better. Mm -hmm. So absolutely information is key, especially when you're entering into legally binding agreements, business related matters, shit like that, when it's time to sort things out, when when the personal and business lines get blurred, mm -hmm. it, it's important to have this kind of information and access to it. And I can't believe I'm, I'm saying this, but I, shit, I feel sorry for Britney Spears. I never mm -hmm. thought that would be some, something that I would utter, mm -hmm. but I feel sorry for Britney Spears. And I think that that's terrible that her father and, and all of those lawyers have been leeching off of her and drugging her allegedly and, yeah. and just, just keeping her sedated and, and, existing as a shell and a workhorse, you know? Yes. And um, I, shout out to the internet, shout out to the relentless uh, fans who have um, encouraged everyone to to put an eye on this case and what's going on and, and mm -hmm. pay attention to this. And I think that all those things woke something up in Britney when she saw the response from these fans and yep. when she realized mm -hmm. what the hell was going on, you know, and that she had a voice, she spoke up. So I feel really bad for her. Her mama and daddy ain't shit. Ain't and shit. Um, her you know, sister ain't shit either. Her, her sister, sister ain't shit, shit. either. Yep. Because that bitch was next in line. Excuse me, Ebony Lord. Don't but no, she, you she said was, it right. You said she was it right. Next in line. That bitch, go yeah. ahead. Mm -hmm. She she threw her 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 head in the race, you know, yep. to uh be the next conservator over Britney yeah. shit. Yeah, so that's why they don't them. want Britney to have any more children. And that's why yep. they don't want Britney to have a husband. Because yep. they want to remain in complete monopoly. Complete wow. control of this woman's financial interest so they can keep paying their motherfucking bills down in Kentwood and wherever the hell else they yeah. are. It's disgusting. And it is legal extortion. Now I'm going to get to the legality in a minute. But something you just said here is very important. And that <laughs> is um, feeling sorry for Britney Spears and her, even Britney Spears, right? And again, this is where everyday people need to see themselves even in this celebrity. Even yeah. in this case, even in this white celebrity. Fuck it. Let's call it yeah. a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because this woman is admitting finally to the court because now she's desperate. You can hear it. You could hear it in the tone of what was said, right? There's a desperation here. Yes. But she's saying that, and this is a quote, the people who did this to me should not be able to walk away so easily. And, and when she says this to me, she's talking about, as you said, Dustin, these allegations of being forced, forced to tour in ways that she didn't want to. Forced to do certain choreography even. I mean, damn, you taking away this woman's artistry. Right. Undergo, forced to undergo certain psychiatric evaluations and take certain medications as, as recently as 2019. 
Now, this is crazy. Y'all are telling her she can't do this and she can't do that. But what she can do is get on this motherfucking stage and make millions of dollars so everybody can eat. Ain't that interesting? And this is what I talk about in the first sidebar. So go back and listen to it, y'all. You cannot argue out of both sides of your legal mouth. You cannot say this grown ass working woman is still in need of a conservatorship, right? Which is, which is understand what that is. A conservatorship also known as like a guardianship is designed for someone who is basically incapacitated. That's the key. That's the key. That is someone who is unable to do for themselves or for others. Thus, they need someone to be in charge. Now, how can you make an argument that she needs that because she's 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 so incapable, rather incapacitated to do and care for herself. But at the same time, she's totally capacitated to work her ass off and make millions of dollars on a stage for everybody around her. Both things cannot be true at the same time, Dustin Ross. They right. cannot be true at the same time. That is, that is, there is a legal and a factual incompatibility to those two statements. And the fact that this court system has allowed those two things to simultaneously be argued is a tragedy. It's a legal tragedy. Um, let's talk about her lawyer. Because one of the things Brittany says is that she she um, didn't know that she could get out of this. I find that fucking hard to no, not that she. I know I believe totally Brittany didn't know she could get, but you know who did know she could get out of it? Her lawyer. Yeah. I have a serious problem with the fact that her lawyer, Samuel D. Ingram. Why hasn't Samuel D. Ingram up until this point made a legal request? for Britney to get out of this conservatorship because according to the New York Times, Dustin, Britney has been trying to get out of this since 2014. God damn. Since 2014. That's a long ass time. Samuel, what the fuck have you been doing? I don't like it. Here's why I don't like it. Samuel was not, was not even Britney's choice as an attorney. How about that? Oh, really? Let me remember that. Where he came from. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Y'all go back to the first sidebar where we break this part down. That's right, Ebony. Right? 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 Brittany had selected a highly esteemed, credible lawyer who has a specialty in this space. Yeah. And the first judge denied this woman's right to choose her counsel, which is a fundamental constitutional right in this country. Yeah. And said she didn't even have the mind uh, capacity at that point to even pick her counsel and instead rejected Brittany's choice of lawyer and gave her uh, a pro bono assigned uh, attorney. I don't like it. No, it sounds like some bullshit to me. I don't like it, Dustin. It sounds like fruit of the poisonous tree and I'm applying a criminal doctrine to this uh, civil case, but I'm doing so with intention. I'm yeah. saying that the minute that this woman didn't even have the the counsel of her choice, the whole thing is rotten. Wow. The whole thing is rotten. And when you tell me, Brittany, that you have been wanting to get out of this thing since 2014, But your lawyer, Samuel Ingram, made no legal declarations, made no filings, ran no paperwork through the fucking system. Why is that? So, Ebony, let's do a timeline here, right? This conservatorship started in 2008. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's been trying to exit it since 2014, right? Right. We're now in 2021. That's seven years. So she's been trying to get out of it longer than she was in it in the first place. Yep. Yeah, that, 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 that's notable, you know, 
Yeah. We're just putting the lid back on this thing too, Ebony. We're going to uncover so much more as time goes on, mm-hmm. as these hearings and shit take place. We're really yep. going to find out and get down to the bottom of who really has the most blood on their hands in this situation. Indeed. And I'm I'm saying right now today, mm-hmm. some of that blood is on this Samuel Ingram. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, because, sure. because, yeah, because, because at a minimum, if we, if, if we believe Brittany, you know, at, at her word for based off what's being reported here at a minimum, what he had an obligation to do is educate his client, you know, on what her options were. So mm-hmm. Samuel Ingram should have been the one to say, Miss Spears, if at this point you feel as Brittany said, uh, and this is, t- let's go to 2016. Cause we've got again, some report, excellent reporting from the New York times where Brittany Spears told a court investigator. This is a quote. She she articulated that she feels the conservatorship has become an oppressive and controlling tool against her. She is sick of being taken advantage of. And she is the one working and earning her money, but everyone around her is on her payroll. This is from Britney Spears in 2016, Dustin. Wow. The minute my client gives me any indication of half of that, Mrs. Miss Spears, that Miss Spears, there's a tool here. That we could, I can go ahead and file for a hearing to let you be heard and make a motion to end this conservatorship. Would you like to do that? Mm. Why wasn't that done? I think we know why. I can give you 60 million reasons why. 60 million reasons. So this is y'all. This is just getting started. Like Dustin just said, um, there's go, there, there's been no date announced, but best believe probably sometime in July, there will be a subsequent hearing. Um, I expect this conservatorship to wrap up real quick, and I expect there to be a subsequent legal um, filing, a lawsuit by Britney Spears and probably new legal counsel. Get rid of this court-appointed motherfucker. Get yeah. you get you the lawyer you wanted to begin with. And I believe there's going to probably be some massive million-dollar, uh, if you will, back pay um, restitution that is owed back to Britney Spears directly um, because of the prolonged erroneous con- financial control of this woman's estate that conflicted with during a time in which she was completely mentally capable of making those financial decisions for herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Free Britney, y'all. Free Britney. This is Free this Britney. is this is like this Free is Free Britney wild. and fuck Jamie. Definitely fuck Jamie. Fuck both Jamies. Yeah. Jamie and Jamie Lynn, too. Right. Both of them. And the mama. I don't damn even know her damn name. But fuck her, too. I know. Lynn. Lynn. Ain't oh, well, Lynn. See? Well, you know Jamie uh, Lynn gonna be fucked up because she got both the names. Two Jamie ways. Lynn. Okay. Two ways. God damn. Damn, y'all. Listen, um... My goodness, my goodness. I feel bad for her, and I feel... I feel like I want to cuss her lawyer out real mm. bad. Real bad, because... To some level, when your client... Oh, let me say this real quick since we're still recording. Because that's one thing. When I was practicing on a daily basis, Dustin, I always started... Before we start, you know, quote, doing the law and all that shit, my first job as your lawyer is to give you a very basic preliminary education as to what's going on around you, right? Why? So that my client can be an effective partner to me in developing what the legal strategy looks like. I'll give you an example. You know, I was primarily practicing criminal law. So let's say, you know, I got a client and, you know, they got a DUI or a drug charge or whatever, assault. We said, okay, Mr. Smith, you are charged with driving while intoxicated. Uh, this is your second DUI charge. You have a previous conviction on it. 
if you are convicted of this one, you will lose your license for this many years. You will also never be able to do this, this, and this again. If you plead guilty to and like a weapons charge, you will never be able to legally own a firearm in the state of North Carolina. You have to, you are looking at this much time. If you plead this, if we go to trial this, because they don't know. They don't know. And most lawyers, unfortunately, Dustin, don't do it that way. Why? They want to be in control. They want to hoard all the knowledge. They want to be the only one that knows the answers when the judge is asking at the hearing or at the trial. How much better is it when you take a little bit of time on the front end of your engagement with your client to educate them about the basic options that they have in this system? So that you, basic, basic, so that you don't have a grown ass woman. uh, I think Brittany's got to be 40, over 40, with, uh, with every resource saying, I didn't say anything because I didn't know. Unacceptable, uh, Dustin. A white, I'm just going to say it, a white woman at a that. Rich ass, a rich ass, super famous white woman at that. Like this is, it. I have never seen anything like this in my life. Never. Let me tell you something. What, what we're seeing happening to Britney Spears right now is a perfect case of sometimes it'd be your own people. Yeah, literally. Sometimes it would sometimes it'd be your own white people. It'd be your own white family. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that some shit? I hate to say it, but I gotta tell the truth. Yeah, I ain't never yeah. seen tell a it, white woman suffering it. like this in America. This is a new one on me. <laughs> this is a new one. And 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 to think she was America's sweetheart. Sweetheart. You know, and, yeah. and you know who else fucked real quick? Fuck Justin Timberlake. This motherfucker. I actually can't even listen to anything. Um, any sing I, a suit and tie came on the other day on my Spotify. I had to skip it. I don't want to hear shit from that. him. Now, here's the thing. How dare you fix your mouth, your thin-lipped mouth, to come out talking about you, you support Britney. You know, the fuck are you part of the reason why her ass is crazy in the first place? Literally. And going through this, put in this situation. Literally. It's you. You've been silent for years. And I don't know why you feel so comfortable speaking on Britney, but you have yet to truly make things right with Janet Jackson. No, it, listen, between Janet and Brittany, fuck Justin Timberlake. You've not made it right with either one of these women. You've been a horrible contribution to both of their traumas. That's right. Both That's of right. their traumas. And these little fake ass, late ass apologies you got, Justin, stay your ass in Tennessee, raise them funny named ass kids and shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah, right. I, we're not interested at all. He's ruined my entire catalog of Justified. I really can't stand him. Right, and I, I really love that Future Sex Love Sounds album, but guess who ain't listening to it no more? No, Me. no. Shut That's your right. stupid ass up, Justin. That's all right, right, listen, y'all. On that note, free Britney. We're going to yes. keep, keep, keep on this, y'all. We're going to update you every single step of the way because this, this is a test case, y'all, for how you have to move when you're entering in and out of agreement. We're going to keep yeah. you posted so you have the information. Much love to you, sis, Brittany. We, we got you, sis. Yes. Listen, y'all, thank you so much for listening to Holden Core. As always, really, this is so helpful for us, y'all. When you rate, when you comment, let us know what you like, what you want more of. Give us the stars. We, we, we would prefer five, but, you know, do 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 the thing the way you want to do it. Um, follow us, subscribe, let your friends know, get the word out, tell everybody um, about Holden Court and really what you appreciate about the show. We, we love to hear it. Holden Court comes to you from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media and presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio. As always, audio services brilliantly provided by One of One Productions. Shout out to them. Y'all check out Fela and Joy yes. and Dennis at One of One Productions. Y'all, they keep us sounding amazing. 
Next time, y'all, court will be back in session. Join us. And in the meantime, read the fucking contract specifically. <laughs> Lord, I got to get just get in front of Dustin shit because it's, it's, it's like imperative. Um, keep the faith. Stay prayed up. Stay vaccinated. Um, if you're in, I believe if you're in um, confines of, of other folks, go ahead and keep that mask on because this Delta virus is real. But we don't yes. want folks getting sick. That might be that stomach bud you had, Dustin. But, you know, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, Lord. Uh, I'm praying for you. But whatever it is, you've already beat it. So That's God right. is good all the time. Ladies, um, I'm going to ask you to not do the bonnet thing in public if you can help it. If right. you can help it. Um, but sometimes I understand. Um, and Dustin, what would you have the people also do? Listen, if I ain't never told you before, after that Britney conversation, read Woo! your terms and your conditions, please. And reread them, okay? That's right. Even if you got to do it with a bonnet on. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>